0: The scientific name for humans is Homo sapiens. I didn't realize that the reason we were given that name is in Latin, it means wise man. And we were given that name to distinguish us amongst all the other animals because of our unusual size of our brain. And so we're considered wise because we have these large brains. A New York Times article I read recently said a better name to describe our uniqueness apart from other animals would be Homo prospectus. Humans are the only animal that thrives by considering our prospects, that considers the future. Most animals only think a few minutes ahead. That's it. They collect food for the day because they need it for the day. But humans, with these huge brains that we have, we can literally envision our entire future as well as a whole bunch of other people around us. And there's so many benefits to this. We make a mistake or someone else does, and then we can imagine how we could improve it the next time. We can plan. We can prepare we can do things today knowing that it will affect our tomorrow and maybe even our retirement with this gift though is is a great struggle there's this thing that humans do that no other animal does and no one has ever said is beneficial to us and that is worry we worry we struggle to live in the present because we can envision what the future can be like, and so we worry about it. A good pastor friend of mine told me two weeks ago that he had given up worry for Lent. He decided he was sick of doing it, and he said, you know, worrying doesn't do me any good. I wonder, are there any worriers out there? I want to go ahead and name for all of us that worry has reached new levels, in my opinion, over the past 12 months. I sometimes feel like I now have so many different things to worry about that I categorize my worries like books on a shelf. And every morning when I wake up, I'm just going to check out one book of worry for the day but it really doesn't do us any good. In fact, there are countless scientific studies and articles that tell us the negative effects on our bodies and our minds and our relationships over this thing that we do with our big brains. As I reflected on this, I wondered, do I allow my Christian faith to impact my worry level? Is Jesus even concerned about what I worry about or what we worry about. And does he speak to that? This is the thing. I think that as followers of Jesus and as we look at the gospel before us, that we are called to do this envisioning of the future through a different lens. That's not a lens of worry. To help us with that, we're going to continue reading in our gospel of Luke chapter 12. Before we hear this word, will you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts, may they be pleasing and acceptable to you, for you are our cornerstone. You are our way maker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. Pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Here now the reading from Gospel of Luke, chapter twelve. Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat. Or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouses nor barn. And yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your span of life? If then you are not able to do so small a thing as that, why do you worry about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not keep striving for what you are to eat and what you are to drink. And do not keep worrying. For it is the nations of the world that strive after all these things. And your father knows that you need them. Instead, strive for his kingdom. And these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Reading through the Gospels, I imagine that in ancient first century Judea-Palestine, there had to have been so many birds. They must have been everywhere at all times because all throughout the Gospels, whether it be ravens or sparrows or flying fowl, Jesus refers to birds to teach simple but profound truths of the gospel. In our text today, Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, about your body, what you will wear, for life is more than food and the body more than clothing. And then in order to give an example, Jesus says, consider the ravens. We live very close to an Austin city park and everybody who lives around me would tell me I'm not allowed to tell you the name of that park because we like to keep it secret. As I have gone to this park many times, I have realized it is definitely not a secret to one type of human that I never knew existed before a year ago. Birders. People who go and look at birds. And I'm not going to lie. When I first started hanging out at this park a lot, when we locked down a year ago, in my head, I kind of made fun of the birders. They had like the bucket hats. They had those convertible pants that you can make into like shorts if you want. And then they all had one or two sets of binoculars. But then I kept running into people I knew that go to this church that are in this room right now that are birders. And then another church member said, you know, I have something really special I want to show you. And so one day I went hiking with this person and through those binoculars, she showed me the most amazing thing I've ever seen in Austin. Baby owls. They're called owlets. Is that the cutest name for an animal? And I never would have seen them if I didn't have those binoculars. I was hooked. And so I am proud to tell you I have the binoculars, I have the convertible pants, and I've got the hat. I am a birder now. Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? We have a family of swallows that nest in the nook of one of our windows, and I am learning so many things from these animals. Every February, in a matter of hours, the male will create the nest. He'll add to it over the next several weeks to firm it up, but I've watched him back and forth, ground to nest, ground to nest, over and over. He does this all morning, and then the afternoon, he disappears somewhere. He rests. And then as soon as the sun is going down and all the bugs are coming out, there they come again to eat and to go and feed their young. And then when the sun goes down, the birds rest again. If then you are not able to do so small a thing as that, why do you worry? One year, we got irritated that these birds were pooping all over our deck. And so after the summer, Charlie took down that nest. It was surprising that there was no next-door post for Papa Swallow to post his displeasure at us. Sure enough, the next spring, that Papa Swallow built that same nest in the same exact spot. Even when forces beyond these birds' control destroyed their home, they were still okay. This year, a family of Dick Sissels made this in our garage. That might just look like three helmets. But if you look more closely at one of the helmets, you see that the nest was made inside the helmet. It was interesting that there was no text string with the neighborhood birds complaining about the new outsiders. Even when other types of birds have found shelter in our yard, therefore risking the ease of finding food, these birds were still okay. Even when the storms from a few weeks ago brought freezing temps for days and definitely interrupted their nest building and their, storage, their foraging for food, these birds were still okay. Oh, you have little faith, do not keep striving for what you are to eat or what you are to drink, and do not keep worrying. These birds have been through a lot since the Wright family moved in. We have all been through a lot. This past year, haven't we? There have been new, completely legitimate circumstances for us to be worried about. For us to be concerned about. You see, Jesus never tells us, don't be concerned with things like the coronavirus. Jesus never tells us, do not be concerned about People that are getting killed just because of the color of their skin. He never says anything about not being concerned. Jesus says, do not worry. They're very different words in the Greek. And the word that's used here for worry, it's so ironic. Its root word means to be divided, to be fragmented. When we worry, we are fragmented, just like that bookshelf of mine, where I have to compartmentalize the different areas of my life and I try to only take one book off the shelf. When we worry, it leads to us being divided in our very own being. So, why do we still do it? For it is the nations of the world that strive after all these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Your Father knows. I worry when I feel out of control. I think we worry because we don't trust that when we feel out of control that there is someone who is in control. I remember the first time leaving our oldest child, Logan, with a sitter. I'm sure it was Charlie and I going out on a date. And I, I do remember I couldn't enjoy myself one bit. I was so worried sick. When we are consumed with worry, our happiness, it goes down. I also remember the first time leaving Logan with my mom. I actually felt like he was going to be safer with her than he was with me. And I knew my mom would control any situation that occurred because I trusted her. This trust was based on how she took care of me and my sisters and honestly, a lot of our friends as we were growing up. This trust was based on how she served as camp nurse for us countless times. And she even cared for people's homesick kids. This trust came from how I saw her care for strangers. She volunteered at this mission for migrant farm workers in our hometown called beth L Mission. I trusted my mom because over and over and over, this is who she was. Instead, strive for his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Here's the thing. I trust God with every fiber of my being. I know up here that God is trustworthy. And we trust God because in the midst of tragic grief, somehow space gets made in our hearts for this surprising joy. We trust God because when that relationship seemed like it could never be reconciled, somehow radical forgiveness poured from out of nowhere. We trust God because although the past has been so difficult, every one of us made it to today. You see, God has shown us over and over and over, you can trust me with your future. Of how much more value are you than the birds? My pastor friend, Tim, he said, for today I am choosing to believe this. I'm not just giving something up for Lent, but newly embracing faith and trust that God has the future just as much as God has the present. And then possibly some of the most tender-hearted words from Jesus in all of Scripture. Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is my Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Oh, my precious little flock, do not worry. Do not be afraid of the things you cannot control. It is your heavenly Father's good pleasure to give you abundant life in the kingdom. May it be so in my life and in yours. Amen.